welcome to the Your Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post-reorg in the European and CMO markets. It's Tuesday, May the 2nd. I'm Katerina Dassi. And I'm Andrew Ross. Coming up this week, reporter Farouk Balak will sit down with us to discuss Norwegian Home Security System Group Sector Alarm, which is being monitored by funds and advisors as higher customer acquisition costs impact its earnings. Managing editor Luca Rossi and senior legal reporter Connor LaBelle will take us through the latest on Italian steel manufacturer Kimalai, whose bank lenders are potentially looking to renegotiate terms of its Concordata proposal. Reporter Declan Bush will talk about Spandex maker Lycra as it has secured its future to 2025 after it refinanced its 250 million euro notes that were due to mature yesterday, May 1st. Finally, high yield reporter Beatrice Mervolian will discuss the highlights of the primary market this week. Hi Farouk, you wrote about sector alarm being monitored by investors and advisors. Can you share a brief uh, background of the company and tell us what's the issue? Hello, Katarina. Um, so this is a Norwegian company that provides home security systems such as uh, CCTV cameras. It's majority owned by Jan Dell and um, KKR owns 30% stake in the company. So the company's liquidity has weakened over the past year due to underperformance. They have incurred a very high customer acquisition cost as part of their aggressive growth plan. So investors are concerned that the group will need additional funding this year if it does not cut down on costs. And Farooq, can you please elaborate on how their growth plan is eroding liquidity and back it with some data? Yes, um, they made a significant investment in new customer acquisitions, uh, especially in Southern Europe, but that didn't translate into higher earnings growth. For example, their net customer growth in the fourth quarter was down 52% year over year. Um, The decline in net customer growth was due to a significant increase in the number of terminations, which was driven by, you know, uh, cost of living and energy crisis. On the other hand, the acquisition of new customers comes with significant additional costs, which has been uh, eroding the company's liquidity position. So the fourth quarter adjusted EBITDA was down 20% year over year to 201 million Norwegian krone. Uh, They recorded a negative EBITDA impact from new customers' acquisitions of uh, 223 million. This was um, in addition to a negative 162 million impact from the capitalization of new customers, which takes the total cash impact to 385 million. So according to REOX calculations, uh, this equates to a cash impact per new customer of 4,736 for 2022. So they had to draw 40% of their RCF and were left with uh, 125 million in cash. So if the drawing had not been made, uh, a total cash burn would have been, you know, 246, 246 million. According to their 2023 budget, they expect to fully withdraw their RCF and close the year with 52 million in cash. And so what does their 2023 growth plan look like? And are shareholders supportive? Yes, they are. Uh, Jan Dale and KKR have committed to providing a 500 million equity injection by the end of the second quarter. So they are targeting more than 6,75,000 customers by the end of uh, the year, with a medium-term target set at 1 million customers. As we mentioned earlier, investing in new customers is costly, 
but it is also crucial for the business since they are expecting terminations to total over 52,000 uh, in 2023. And uh, so the equity injection solves the problem, right? Well, the market doesn't think so. Sources tell us that this 500 million equity injection, which is about 47 million US dollars, may not be enough to shore up liquidity uh, because they say the company needs to cut down on some of its growth investment to become free cash flow positive. Sources also say that uh, new customer acquisition is incredibly costly and raises concerns over the growth model and long-term sustainability of the capital structure. Thank you, Farouk. Hi, Luca and Connor. The Italian restructuring market seems pretty quiet at the moment, but today we're going to talk about a very interesting case, especially from a legal standpoint. Right, Luca? Hello. Yeah, correct. The Italian market is uh, pretty quiet at the moment, but there are some noteworthy exceptions. One of them is Cimolai. Cimolai is a pretty big company for Italy with around 500 million euros of unsecured debt and over 400 million euros of revenue. The company sought protection from creditors in October 2022 under the new Italian corporate crisis uh, procedure after it unveiled a big problem with uh, a portfolio of derivatives contracts. Uh, So in a nutshell, what happened is that the company used over-the-counter derivatives to manage its uh, effects foreign foreign exchange risk. And these financial instruments were tied to the euro-dollar rate. So the liabilities rose very significantly when the euro slid against the dollar last year and reached a leverage of 250 times the value of the underlying bets. So basically it was a big derivatives bubble which eventually exploded. Cimolai, which rarely experienced moments of financial distress in its history, hired Lazard to look for a white knight willing to inject up to 200 million euros. But nothing concrete has happened on that front yet. At the same time, the company filed a concordato proposal according to which its unsecured creditors, which include both the English law derivatives creditors, as well as its traditional uh, bank lenders, both Italian and foreign, will recover about 15% of unsecured claims plus an additional recovery of uh, maximum 15% via equity-like instruments called Strumenti Finanziari Partecipativi or SFP Upside. Mm, it seems like a pretty harsh recovery for creditors. Indeed, uh, What we reported last week is that some Italian bank lenders of the company are very unhappy about the Concordato proposal and want to renegotiate some of its terms. In particular, the lenders have complained about the fact that they need to take a significant uh, hit while at the same time are being uh, asked to support the business going forward with the provision of uh, performance bonds. So these banks might hire a financial advisor And as a consequence, the whole process might take an unexpected turn. Interesting. And Connor, it seems like a complicated situation from the legal standpoint too. Absolutely. So the key issue here is that Chimelai's obligations to its derivative creditors arrive under English law, not Italian law. Therefore, it was in the High Court in London that around 10 derivative creditors, including Netixis, Morgan Stanley and Deutsche Bank, to name a few, filed claims for payment totaling around 300 million. It is these claims that prompted the need to restructure in the first place. 
This has thrown a major, but not an insurmountable, spanner in the works for the company. As a result, Chimalaya is using two processes to restructure, the Italian Concordato and an English restructuring plan. The dual process is required because of the so-called ruling Gibbs, a 19th century case which stipulates that only an English court can discharge or compromise English law debt. Chimalaya initially tried to avoid the need to use an English plan on grounds of cost, very expensive, um, but they encountered strong opposition from some derivative creditors who argued that any haircut to their claims under an Italian proceeding would be invalid. This is the first time Italy's new restructuring plan under the crisis code has been used alongside an English plan. Both of the tools share a common DNA from the EU insolvency directive. However, there remains a fair amount of scope for the courts to, to take differing approaches to the composition of classes and the operation of the cross-class cramdown if that's needed. Voting is due in July. Thank you both. Thank you. Spandex maker Lycra has secured its future to 2025 after it refinanced the 250 million euro notes that were due to mature on May 1st. Um, so Declan, you're covering this. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Andrew. So things looked uncertain for Lycra in March when we reported that talks between the company and the bondholder group had actually collapsed. So how did they manage this refinancing? Well, in March, the group holding about 85% of Lycra's $700 million notes due in 2025 wanted to haircut the debt and zero Lycra shareholders, and basically they walked out of the talks. But another group of Euro 2023 note holders, the ones that have just come due, kept talking to the company and offered the shareholder a way to keep control, but at a higher cost. We'll have more details on this on Reorg soon, but in a nutshell, the company's issued 300 million euros of new 16% notes due on the 1st of April 2025, one month before the dollar notes. Lycra also announced a drop-down transaction. In very basic terms, they want to take $75 million worth of intellectual property assets, assign them to new unrestricted subsidiaries, unsecure them from existing debt, and then re-secure them against just the new 2025 euro notes. Now, this looks good for the new bonds and maybe not as good for the old bonds who now have uh, less security supporting their claims. Um, so while a freefall bankruptcy has been averted so far, this is still an interesting story. Thanks, Declan. I had a call with Beatrice earlier today to ask about the highlights of the primary market so far this week. Here's what she had to say. Last week was another busy week for the primary market. This morning, no new deals have been launched and investors expect the market to be relatively quiet as issuers refrain from bringing new deals because of a number of uh, bank holidays in the UK this month. Last week, constructive market conditions enabled a number of deals to price tight of initial price talk and generally perform well after pricing. German automotive component and steel tubing supplier Benteler priced a 525 million euro senior secured note due 2028 at par with a 9.375% coupon and a 500 million dollar tranche at par with a 10.5% coupon. Benteler will use the proceeds to repay the company's fully drawn RCF due 2024, as well as other senior facilities and amounts outstanding under its debt relating to the restructuring loan agreement that, that it entered into in 2020 with some creditors as part of its trans transformation program to improve its cost structure. Italian and uh, plastic and glass pharmaceutical packaging company Bormioli Pharma printed its 350 million euro senior secured FRNs at 95.5 
and a Eurobor um, plus 550 basis point margin after having tightened the OID from the initial 95 guidance. The proceeds will refinance the company's existing um, 2024 FRNs and repay 18 million euros drawn, drawn under the RCF and 25.7 million euros of bilateral facilities. Germany-based specialty pharmaceutical company Schepler Farm priced a 425 million euro senior secured note due in 2030 at par with a 7.5% coupon and a 325 million euro tranche at 99, paying E plus 475. The proceeds from the offering, together with proceeds from a drawdown under the group's RCF, cash on hand and a deferred purchase payment, will be used to uh, finance the acquisition of Zyprexa, an antipsychotic product portfolio. French construction equipment group Loxum priced a €300 million Euro senior secured note due in 2028 at par with a 6.375% coupon. The company will use the proceeds along with cash on hand to refinance its 4.25% senior secured notes due in 2024. At the same time, the group launched an exchange offer for holders of its 3.25% senior secured notes and its 6% senior, senior subordinated notes due in 2025. Business services group TMF priced a marginally upsized 955 million euro term loan B at 98.5% paying E plus 450, and a $400 million tranche at 98, paying S plus 500. It will use the proceeds to extend its existing debt maturity, refinance second lien debt um, for cash overfunding for M&A, and to repay RCF drawings. Finally, Spanish bakery group Monbake priced an amendment and extension of its 275 million euro term loan B during February 2025 to December 2027. Join Reorg on May 4th at 6 p.m. British Standard Time for the webinar LifeWay's Deep Dive and the Future of Part 26As as we discuss the LifeWay Group's Part 26A restructuring plan with advisors on the deal. Register now at reorg.com or email marketing at reorg.com for further details. We would like to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience. So please take a moment to complete the short survey at the link attached to this podcast and let us know how we're doing. More information on all the situations and events discussed in this podcast are available on the website reorg.com. We hope you can join us next Tuesday for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening.